So I'm speaking with uh, composer Jay Wadley, who has uh, quickly garnered attention and uh, has demonstrated his unique voice as a composer and a storyteller. Uh, Jay gained experience composing, you know, college humor shorts and well as a selection of short films. He's also worked as an additional composer on the hit Fox TV series Lie to Me. And his most recent project is the period drama Indignation, a film about a working class Jewish student attending college in the Midwest amidst the ongoing Korean War. Uh, Jay, thanks so much for uh, speaking with me today, especially, you know, I know you're in New York, a little bit of a time difference, but uh, thanks so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me, man. Of course. Uh, so to start off, I guess we'll kind of head back to, to the beginning. I'd love to know how you got on, I guess, on the path that you're on today. Uh, kind of when did you first start, uh, I guess, when did music kind of enter your life, and what was the, I guess, the defining point that put you on a path to kind of film and TV composition? Well, I, uh, you know, I started out, um, you know, as I think as most, a lot of kids do, taking piano lessons and not really taking it seriously. Uh, and then, you know, middle school, started playing in some bands, got into punk rock, played drums and sang in a punk rock band and started writing songs. And that's kind of how I first started writing. Um, and then when uh, I was in high school, I was in choirs and st started, like, in theater and taking voice lessons and everything and, and really uh, got into the choir stuff and, and through Allstate Choir got exposed to some more modern choral composers that were living in New York and writing at the time and, and got inspired by that stuff and, and some other film scores that I had heard and, and decided to start writing my own uh, orchestral and choral music through my like, I think it was like Cakewalk Pro. <laughs> back in back in like the late 90s um so that was kind of my first first experiment with it and i i wrote my first choir piece like around junior senior year in high school and had it performed at the school talent show pretty much from that moment on i was positive i was going to be a composer there was pretty much no questioning it after right. that point um so in, in, in college for a while, I was a double major in vocal performance and composition and then ultimately made vocal performance my minor. But, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I pretty much fell in love after my first choral piece and there was no way I was going to turn back. So I, I uh, was mostly focusing on classical music. Right, um, right. You know, I had I made my own like experimental film in college and scored it and like it was at the Dead Center Film Festival way back in the day. And I actually like directed one of my friends or, or uh was the cinematographer for the uh, like director cinematography for like my another friend of mine's like film. So, right. you know, in, in college, but this was like before the concept of, of really being a a real film composer or or being involved with film was really uh, you know, actually realistic, at least in my head. Right. Um and then I went on and in grad school, I, um, um, you know, I, I ended up going to Yale for grad school. I was at Oklahoma City University for undergrad. Mm -hmm. um, and then I went to Yale for grad school, continued studying classical music composition. And it's kind of there that I, I was both, you know, I was really still interested in classical music, but started playing around with a little bit more, um, you know, production and working in the recording studio there. Um, and just kind of getting a sense for that that type of stuff and helping other people record their classical pieces and getting my hands on those tools. So ultimately, when I when I had the opportunity to to demo for you know the additional composer job for Lie to Me, uh, I was able to produce some stuff and and send in my demo 
which ended up getting me the job. And that was the first time I had actually ever scored the picture. Oh, wow. So, so I was really thrown into the fire as far as, um, you know, scoring for Network pictures. Network television, concerned. too. That yeah. Was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow, yeah. What a hectic way to get introduced. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Super, super intense, like those crazy, you know, week-long turnarounds for for an hour-long right. drama episode. Yeah. And, um, you know, Doug DeAngelis was the uh, head composer on that season, and, and he was really great to me. And you know, teaching me the ropes and or showing me the ropes and and uh, and uh, you know, leading that whole whole project so I could I could learn and and really just observe that whole thing. And I was doing that from New Haven, Connecticut. I was still living in New Haven. Wow. Um, and he was in L.A. and we were just you know shipping OMFs back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So yeah, it's pretty wild. That was like two thousand. I don't know, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, or two thousand nine, I guess. Uh huh. Probably. Yeah. So I mean, so. it's uh, it's interesting because I just interviewed a composer. His name is Chris Hajion, and he's a, another New York based composer. And now you're yeah. and you're in New York too. And um, I'm, I guess what's the decision behind? I mean, you, you what, what gravitated you towards New York City to kind of start building your career? And Chris has made it a point. He's like, I love New York. This is my home. And he's built a successful career as a film composer. I think the idea is that everyone has to gravitate to Los Angeles because that's where movies are made. But a lot of people are building careers not in L.A. Is that, was that a decision, a conscious decision to make? Um, initially, no, it really wasn't. And, like, you know, had had we stayed on to uh, lie to me for the second season, I, I was fully intending on moving out to L.A. Uh. Um, so so I, I actually sold everything that I owned, uh, in like, except for my studio and my, like, mattress I moved it into the basement of my girlfriend at the time's apartment in Philadelphia and went traveling, you know, for a month with my sister thinking, oh, I have a job in L.A. I'll, <laughs> I'll, get, I'll go back to Philly for a little while until I find my apartment and then I'll be, you know, back on the new season in the fall. And, you know, just there were some changes in the, in the um, <clears throat> you know, the show, new showrunner who brought on his own team. And, you know, that's kind of how, how things go sometimes. And so I had already started my music production company um, with my fellow composer and friend Trevor Grekis, who was also a Yale grad, um, classical composer, and he was um, Philip Glass's music assistant. First oh. Nico Muley's assistant, and then like, you know, when when Nico started doing well, he, he took uh, Nico's place under Philip. So he was working on a lot of his film stuff and watching him and I, I did like a little bit of copying editing work for him, but ultimately through them I met. Um, I was introduced uh, to Rufus Wainwright and spent, you know, oh, wow. probably four years or so on and off working with him, doing arrangements and um, orchestration for him for like his his opera and his song cycle. Right. Um, so you know, I spent a lot of time doing that with him, and and that was mostly based here in New York. So that got me. You know, I moved here, got a place, and, and uh, kind of started setting down roots here. And, and ultimately, <clears throat> you know, Trevor and I began building the company, and it and it and it kept growing. And, and luckily, had some successes in in varying like assistantship roles, and and that led to other jobs that you know led to advertising. That you know what I mean. So. Uh, then we started doing advertising music, which we found out could be because we actually saw Philip Glass doing, you know, 
original stuff for for you know different like major brands and we're like oh that could be interesting so <laughs> um you know if, if philip glass isn't turning it down maybe we <laughs> <laughs> that's a good sign <laughs> you know so um so yeah so we we kind of started getting ourselves into the advertisement space and and that really worked out and within a year or two of us like starting that we were able to build our studio and and um you know, now we we have like an executive producer in house and production oh. assistant who are, you know, really really great and, and helpful in in keeping operations going so that Trevor and I can continue to be creative. So that's awesome. Well, now you're you're on you just scored Indignation, and I find it actually very interesting that your director is the great uh, James uh, Shamus, who uh, has produced some of the most critically acclaimed films for the past 20 years, including, you know, most of those of Ang Lee. And, yeah, this is his di- directorial debut. How did you get on this project to work with him? How did this kind of uh, fall in your lap? Well, so, yeah, I mean, fall fall in my lap is, is actually very right. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, because... You know, I've I've done some small, small, very small independent stuff, but right. uh, you know, worked with friends and 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 talented people. You know, here in New York, but uh, you know, this definitely took it to a whole new level. Um, so I uh, I was kind of brought in randomly. I was found on the internet uh, through his uh, um, producer on his two shorts that he was working on for the Morgan Spurlock Way the Economy series. Right. So he, he did, he directed these two shorts, um, called, uh, that film about money, um, for that series. And, and Ridu Chandra, um, found me online, who was producing that with him. Um, she found me online and, and thought the stuff that I was working on was, was, you know, in the right vein, I guess. And so I, um, uh, she invited me into to have a meeting with him. So I met with him and we hit it off. And um, you know, I ended up scoring those two shorts. And then, and then about, <laughs> and we had a great time doing it too. You know, I mean, we we really um, just had a lot of fun with it. And uh, and then about six months later, so he he gave me a ring and was like, I have a script. I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a feature. You know, you want to take a look, take a look at it, and you know, I was just like, yes, yes, I'll do it. I don't care, you know what I mean? But like, but uh, you know, uh, I was just like, yeah, of course, I'll, I'll read it and and think about it. I mean, like, there was no chance I was not gonna do it. Right. Like, you know, I mean, he's he's such a such a brilliant guy, and I enjoyed working with him so much on the shorts that I I knew it was going to be, um, you know, an experience uh, like none other. So. Um, so when you started working on the film, what well, I mean, you got the script, you read it. It came time to get start talking about the music. What kind of conversations did you have? Uh, I guess what did the film need musically, and what kind of goals did you set for what the score needed to accomplish? Well, we started. I mean, we started the discussion very on, very early on, like before, really before uh, um, they even started shooting. So. Um, you know, I, I wrote like a six-minute exploration on themes and, and instrumentation, mm. just just to kind of get a sense of of what the sound would be like, and also you know prove to Anthony Bregnant that I could actually write some music because it's not you know there, it, it you know he didn't know who I was so, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know so like you know not not in any sort of like weird way it's just like right. I'm you know I am who I am and that was not you know <laughs> I, I realized that that's that's you know that 
I'm I'm fresh, right? You know? right. Uh, so, um, but you know, James James was had a lot of faith in me and and was really encouraging and 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 great through that whole process. And then once once they shot and you know James invited me on set a couple times and um, and uh, like and all throughout the process of uh, editing and and coloring and mixing and. Uh, sort of the whole process, he really invited me in to to see it uh, come together, and and I feel like bringing me in so early, and us being able to collaborate and talk about tone and talk about instrumentation and and production style, and um, you know, really benefited the score. I think because it was a- allowed to breathe and mature and um, grow along with the film, right. Which you don't always have that opportunity, and and uh, we were lucky enough to be able to do that. So yeah, I know most composers have you know two weeks, then you got <laughs> yeah to do it right now. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, that's 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 intense. I've not quite hit that yet, but uh, right. but you know, but it was it was just great, and like we had some we had some wonderful times. Like we went upstate and worked over uh, you know a long weekend, and and um. um you know, came up with material up there. I moved my studio up, up upstate, and and <laughs> so like just a lot of fun, just like experimenting together and and searching through different references. And but you know, he didn't. He one thing that was great is that he didn't really ever um, like give me too many specific references. Like really give me specific references at all. Uh-huh. Like early on, you know what I mean. He right. he. He just talked about tone and like you know about the feel of it and about uh, the production style and 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 things that communicated a lot to me without him having to um, really dictate where it was going and and he wanted me to kind of arrive arrive at that on my own and it was amazing that he did actually lead me into a direction that you know. Other other people on first listen to my score were like, "Oh, it kind of reminds me of this and this." You know what I mean? So, right. Well, it's cool. It's a and the film. I mean, it's it's a you know it's a I guess you could call it a period uh, drama. It, it takes place in the fifties. Does the does the time? I guess the time setting. Does that have any uh, effect on how you approach the score and what instrument instrumentation you use? Does the, the fact that it's a fifties film does that kind of have an effect on what you wanted to do? Well, I mean, yeah, I, I, especially with regards to the song, but I think oh, with right, the yeah. score, you know, I mean, you know, with the score itself, I think just the way that it started coming together, like the film just has a very classic feel to it. Um, and, you know, like from, from the way that James uh, framed the shots, um, you know, to, to like casting and, and delivery of things, I, it just all has this like very like, like highbrow, like classic, um, very dialogue-driven quality to it, and and a lot of it was just exploring and find, but also a little like, you know, he wanted the score to be a little rough around the edges and like feel like I think those qualities of it make it feel a little bit more classic. And we approached the score from the production standpoint, like recording with the with the strings, you know, in a in a more concerto like setting. Mm. Um, with like the soloist, um, you know, in the orchestra, not like super close mic'd and separated, and like you know, right, right. Uh, like in a different space than the orchestra. It's like everyone feels like they're in in the room together. Um, when in a lot of cases they were. So, um, 
So when you when you first, uh, I, guess, I guess maybe not just on this film, but anything that you work on, what's kind of the first thing that I guess that sparks, I guess the first note to come out of your head? Is it is it is it a character? Is it a, a line of dialogue? Is it maybe just the overall plot? What kind of kind of gets that first thing coming, kind of the music to start rolling? I mean, I think I start thinking about tone um, before I really uh, get to anything. Um, too specific and structure and and kind of um, overarching uh, concepts rather than specifics. But you know, I mean, it, it really can be anything. It could be it could be just like you know. Generally, I'll sit at the piano just for a while and and just kind of play around with different ideas and chords. And while I'm watching the film, or or sometimes you know, if I've ingested it and enough uh or digested enough <laughs> uh um that i that i feel like i can kind of get this general sense of it i might just work without picture but right you know it, sometimes i just i'll just sit and it'll be a chord or a chord progression or uh or you know a melodic line that's in my head or something but it's never it's never i wouldn't say it's ever really the same and i it's just kind of like trying to absorb of, as much as of the film as you can and then finding that moment and like latching onto it when it, when something does arrive. So it's kind of more like listening to your intuition and and just like you know um waiting for that moment to arrive because you could force it as much as you want but it you know I feel like it just takes it just takes time and it takes your 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 like brain just a little bit of time to process everything and, and then ultimately you'll you know right you just kind of listen to it and you'll it'll and you'll find there i know that's like super like you know uh femoral and like not just <laughs> not specific but yeah. i do i do feel like it's a very intuitive thing you yeah, know it's yeah, like it, absolutely um and you're, you're talking about tone a lot too and i i feel like tone you talk about finding the right tone i feel like finding the right tone would be such i mean such a hard thing to do because music i think sets the tone and you can you know automatically change the tone of a scene just based on the music no matter what the scene is uh was it is it a challenge to find the tone without maybe becoming too melodramatic because it is kind of a period drama is it was it kind of a a, about finding a push and pull of how much i guess placement the music was taking you know how much how much music there was and all that stuff yeah yeah i mean you know i i think you know, on a on a first reading, you know, the way that I I had sort of imagined the score was much heavier than than where we ended up, and and I think, you know, it just took a little time for one once you know I got a sense of how the actual visuals felt because I was going purely based on the script, right? But it it, it was much drier than than I had initially anticipated, I think, and so. Um, you know, very, very subtle and very beautiful and simple and direct and, uh, um, you know, not, not relying upon any tricks or, or anything, you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. um, you know, just really solid classic filmmaking. Um, yeah. it's a great, it's a great score. You did a really great job. I, I mean, it, it absorbs you as a listener. I feel like it's, it's almost, it has a seductive quality to it. It really kind of, uh, I don't know, it, it pulled me in when I was listening to it, you know, very much. Awesome. Great. Well, thanks, man. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's one of the things that, that, you know, once we found out like where, because, you know, 
you can you tend to like slather it on and like pull a lot of stuff out and right. just like pull you know so but James was always very deliberate about where he wanted cues and where he didn't want cues and where things should come in and where they should like and where they should go out and and um and and so that that was pretty pretty cut and dry um you know pretty clear there weren't really many moments where where we were debating for too long about whether or not there should be music um and and never really over dialogue um so you know once we found a a place that sat well i think with the with the tone of the dialogue because the dialogue is is very smart and and um there's a lot of dialogue um found something that sort of pairs well with that type of higherbrow intellect uh thing yeah. you know but but has the right amount of motion without without like trying to to sort of telegraph too much yeah. um and i think the moment that we finally found that was in 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 a um, one of the middle middle scenes where we actually first time we introduced the piano at all uh, initially um, was when uh, Marcus is reading the note from Olivia, um, and it's a very very simple um, simple piano piece which we ultimately you know used at the beginning and brought it brought it into that portion and, and um, so you hear it a couple times throughout the film but. Um, you know, once I think that once we found that, that kind of set the tone for like how much is just enough emotion without being you know too heavy-handed, and and then and then from there we could really grow. Right. Well, it sounds like you had a. I mean, it sounds like you had an amazing experience because you had such a great director. And I guess this next question maybe won't apply to James because it seems like you guys had such a great working relationship. But do you find yourself? Uh, is you getting nervous or is it nerve wracking at all when you have to present your music to a director or a producer or does it something all the time? Yeah. Is it? Is yeah. It... No, I'm my own worst critic and I hate everything I do. Wow. <laughs> like pretty much from the moment, from the moment that it comes out, like I'm, uh, like I'm, 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 I'm judging it and, and judging myself and I get down on myself. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm the worst composer I've ever, like I'm, yeah. I'm a fraud. Like, you know, you constantly feel like they're going to find you out, you know, and, and, and you're like instantaneously going to get fired. So, but you know, James, James is really great. Uh, and, and I, it definitely helped having already worked on the short right. with him right. that, um, you know, he, because when I was working on the short, you know, I, I'd, I'd want to like really perfect something and like you know correct all these things and 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 you know before showing it to him, but he he's such a a like you know champion of the process and and understanding of the process of of creation that you know he can see he can see it like when it's still you know five steps out or whatever you know right. he can he can see for see it for what it is and and. And, you know, where, where some people might not have the same type of imagination and like making that leap, you know, he, he's able to, to see where it can go and what the potential it has, you know. Well, I mean, the whole process, it's, uh, it sounds like you had a really fantastic collaboration with him and, uh, and uh, yeah, congrats on the score because it is a, a really fantastic, you know, uh, score there. It's very, you know, the, the melodies, the, the thematic arcs and everything, and then just the way it pulls you in, it's, it's really great. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, but, but to, to wrap up, I always like to ask, uh, this one question to, uh, composers. Um, if you could score any film ever made with no disrespect to the original composer or the score, what film would you choose? Uh, man, see, I think I would have, 
I, and, and I think I would have probably, I don't, I wish I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done it any differently, but I, right. I wish I, I wish I had written it. Right. Um, that's the, that's the idea. <laughs> uh, th- th- there will be blood. Um, oh. yeah, I yeah, wish, I, I, yeah, I wish, I wish I wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know it's, I know it's from, uh, I, I know it's from, uh, you know, an orchestra piece that he had, he had or a lot of it is from an orchestra piece he had right. previously yeah. written, yep. but, but Honestly, it, was, it I just I love how that score and the picture work together, and I know it's like a it's definitely a more um, commanding score, and like you know it has it has a much bigger presence in that film than than certainly than mine does in Indignation, but uh, but I just uh, you know oh man, <laughs> yeah, the, the opening is, so is there's no there's like no dialogue for the first if I remember um, correctly for like the first like eight minutes or something like that. <laughs> I know, I know. It's, it's, it's so good. And like, you know, I was always a big fan of, of Paul Thomas Anderson stuff. And even like, you know, one of, I loved, I loved uh, John Bryan's uh, Punch Drunk Love score as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, that's a fantastic choice. Uh, Well, uh, Jay, uh, thank you so much for your time tonight. Uh, It was great chatting with you and it's uh, really enlightening to hear uh, your process with James. It's, uh, you guys did a fantastic job and, uh, Hopefully we get to talk again soon. Sounds good. Thank you so much for having me. 